Amen. All right. Three to seven, young. Head out. Everybody else open your Bible to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Y'all there? All right. I just want to change up a little bit this morning the format and throw you off. Um, Sometimes we get all about the ritual and we miss what's right in front of us as far as our opportunity. Um, I know some of you wasn't here last Sunday and I already asked my Sunday school class. Don't raise your hand or I might ask you what it was. But uh, how many of you remember what I preached last Sunday? Just off the top of your head. Let's see about two, all right? Two out of a hundred. Two out of <laughs> okay. All right. Some of you remembered it. I'm... But here, here, here's one of the things that we talked. We talked about renewal last Sunday, and um, one of the things that I talked to you about was at the end of each day that you uh, spend time with the Lord and that you give thanks. That you're thankful for at least three things. <clears throat> and so, as I uh, went through this week, I tried to put that into practice, and you know, what's amazing is there's so much, we're coming up on Thanksgiving, and so I kind of want to prepare your, your heart for that to where it's, to where it's more than a day. It's more than a, than a, than a holiday, but it's, it's that, it's the very spirit that we have each and every day before the Lord. And as I studied on thankfulness, um, there, man, there's so much, uh, power, uh, and principles in God's word towards thankfulness. You know, God's word talks about that we should be a, a people that are so thankful that just our thankfulness brings people to Christ. You know, it talks about in First Corinthians that if, if an unbeliever comes in, if we worship the way that God desires for us to worship, and worship should be all about giving thanksgiving. The Bible talks about let the fruit of your lips be thanksgiving unto the Lord. And if we are a people who are a thankful people, it says that, that unbelievers should walk into our worship and bow down and, and acknowledge there is a God, that they would be saved through your worship. And there is so much in life that, you know, every day, three things, I figured out real quick, I couldn't stop with three, it just, when you start having a spirit of worship, you know, the devil tries to keep you bitter, and he wants to keep you, you know, discouraged, and all these different things that he tries to pile in, and what's awesome is, when you start, when you start giving thanks to the Lord, and thanking him, you know, God's spirit inside of you starts bringing all these things to your mind that you can be thankful for, most, first and foremost, for your salvation in Jesus, if you, you have eternal life given to you, if you're a believer, uh, born again, and uh, and this week I saw myself. We, I'll tell you a quick story. We went hunting in Kansas this week, and 
it wasn't a good hunt uh, as far as seeing things. It was a great hunt as far as fellowship. We had a good time. and But I was sitting out there the last morning, and we was in a last desperate morning hunt. And uh, we had went from setting my standards to, you know, I want 150, 160-inch deer the last morning. I was hunting a spike. And uh, I told me and Jeremy Greer, all right, let's at least take some meat home for the tag. And, and we sat there that morning, and sure enough, we didn't see nothing. And my, naturally, I'm negative, and so I wanted to just kind of start letting, you know, the devil started putting things in my mind. I wanted to start griping and, and complaining, but then I caught myself, because of what I've been studying, I caught myself, thought, no, I'm going to, I'm going to start thanking the Lord, and I started, uh, praying and talk to the Lord and I was thanking him you know it was just simple things I looked up and it was an awesome sunrise I was like Lord thank you for this sunrise that I get to witness this there's there'll never be another one like it and I have the eyes to see your glory and your goodness and and the opportunity to be here in the cool air buddy it was cool and um, and spend time with the people I spent this week and just it, all of a sudden it's just worship flowing and what was awesome was God used that to change my heart you know it changed my attitude on everything that day and about our hunt and that's what worship does that's what thankfulness does so looking in Luke um, chapter 17 starting off in verse 11 it says now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourself to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he returned with a loud voice, glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan, and I'll, I'll finish the rest of that up in just a second. I want to look at this, the, the ten lepers here, okay? And one thing I want to point out here, and I'll show you here in just a little bit, is this is a mixed group of Jews and Samaritans, okay? And, and if you don't understand, Samaritans were looked down upon by the Jewish people because they, they, they saw them as a mixed breed, half-breed Jews is what they called them. And, and the Jews hated the Samaritans. The Jews, you know, had the attitude of, you know, we're the ones who are chosen by God. God's all about us. Salvation is of the Jews. You know, you, you Samaritans don't have no hope. Y'all don't understand what worship is. And so there was a lot of things going there, but, but for whatever reason, these, these lepers, their, their bad predicament brought them together. And they were in a, a desperate situation. You know, uh, leprosy, uh, usually most leprosies are going to end up leading to, you know, your body basically rotting apart on the outside and, and eventually end up in death. And so you got this group of people. These group of lepers that they obviously heard of and knew of Jesus, they had, they had at least received some knowledge of him. Maybe they heard, maybe it was one of their buddies that was a leper that he healed earlier. I don't know how they knew him, but but anyhow, they see Jesus come by. They're standing afar off. They're 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 going by what was taught to them. You know, in the law, they were they were not to come close to anybody. They were to let people know they were a leper because it was a highly contagious disease. And so they're standing afar off, and they cry out. And I want you to notice what they call them. They cry out and said, "Master." Master, have mercy on us. And so Jesus sees them, and he hears them, and then he commands them. He said, go and show yourself to the priest. This is before, prior to them being healed. Go and show yourself to the priest. And 
and then uh, and so because in, I won't go for time's sake, but you know, in the Old Testament, the priest basically would look at the at the lepers. Sometimes lepers would be healed, or they would overcome their that disease, and the priest would have to be the ones to to pronounce them clean. They're clean. They're no longer. And so that's what they were doing. They were going through the ritual that was given to them to go through. And so as they go, it says, as they went on their way, they were cleansed. There's a lot of things I could teach out of this passage of Scripture. I'm going to have to miss some of that because I want to focus on uh, an attitude of thankfulness in this. And so as they went, they were cleansed. Now you think about this. Here's these, these men who were in a leper colony. They were separated from their family, from their friends, from society, outcast, hopeless, rottening as they, you know, everything on them. But great picture of, of what sin does to our lives. Totally separates us from God, separates us from other people. If you're here this morning, you don't know Christ as your Savior, your sin, the disease of sin, of which we all are sinners, only saved by God's grace, has separated you. And it, and is, it is eating you alive as you speak. And your only hope is that the Lord Jesus saves your soul. And so in this, they cry out and, and God heals them. As they're on the way, God heals them. Now, what would your, be careful how you answer this, what would your response be to that? If you look at this from the standpoint of the viewpoint of comparing it to your salvation, at one point in time in your life, every person in here, and hopefully every person in here is saved, but if you're not, at one point in time in your life, you were lost, separated from God, facing the wrath of God. Your sin was eating all, you were dead in your trespass and didn't even have any life to eat up. On your way to hell with no hope, all the good you could try to do to overcome your evil is not going to help you one bit. You were bound for a devil's hell of darkness and separation from God and suffering and torment for all eternity with no hope. Your church membership, your your own works, your goodness, none of that stuff is going to help you out. And it was by the grace of God, just like here, that Jesus come to you and that all you did was ask for mercy and by his goodness... According to his grace and his love for you, Jesus took your punishment, bore our sins on the cross. God poured out wrath on him in order that he would have the authority over sin and death to declare you clean. You understand that? And if you've been saved, all of your sins have been washed away. You are righteous. The Bible says, old man passed away. All things become new. You you have become one in Christ. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. You've been made alive. You have an eternal hope. You are secure because Christ lives inside of you. You've been given the Holy Spirit as an evidence that you're a born-again believer. You have a home in glory. And I could go on and on and on. And when that reality, and I think here's the problem. <laughs> maybe the nine lepers, maybe it was the one that come back and worship, maybe he like, man, do you see this? I'm, before I even got to the priest, you know, I'm, I'm healed. He's healed me. I'm, I'm clean. And the other nine, I don't know, maybe it's that they didn't recognize it, or maybe it's that they just had some other things going on, but one returned. Now, here's the question. What, what do you do with what you've been given? When you look at that to go, Christ has truly healed me. He has delivered me. You don't gotta wait to get, till you get to heaven for, salvation is not a reality once you get to heaven. Salvation should be a reality here and now. Well, salvation takes place here and now, okay? And so in that, you look and you see that only one of the ten return, where were the other nine? 
I'll just give you some thoughts. Number one, I think maybe they were going through the ritual, but unwilling to return to Jesus and worship. I think there, I know there are people in church everywhere this morning, all over this nation, maybe all over this world, who God has answered specific prayers. Maybe it, maybe it's a physical blessing. Maybe your life was in a predicament, something of desperation. Okay. And maybe you cried out to the Lord and God listened to your prayers. He saw you. He answered your prayers. He radically changed things and circumstances and situations in your life. And then all of a sudden you get into this pattern and maybe it was even your salvation. You come to the place where God saved your soul. And if you're not careful, what you do is you're all about the ritual. We'll come to the ritual. We'll come give an hour on Sunday. We might even give five hours if you go to all the church services. But as far as worshiping Jesus, giving your life to the Lord, and being, you know, I don't care about the, this is like, I don't care about the ritual. I don't care about, I want to go back and I want to worship the one who cleansed me, the one who healed me. That should be the object of our worship as believers, not, okay, I'm going to go to church. Church hasn't done anything for me when it comes to my salvation. You understand that? I owe everything that I am to Jesus. He's my Savior. He's my Lord. He's my life. But so many times we get caught up in the ritual, and some people across this nation are going to go through a ritual of Thanksgiving, gathering together with a bunch of people that hopefully they don't have a knockdown drag out before it's over we eat a turkey, watch the football game, and go on about their life and call that Thanksgiving. That's a ritual. The question is, do we have a heart like the one who came back? Maybe they knew now that they could get on with life. So many times in our life, we, we pray and we seek the Lord. And we want God to change something in our life or a situation or a circumstance. I've seen this so many times as a pastor that we as a church pray for somebody or we as a group of people pray for somebody or pray with somebody. And all of a sudden, when the Lord shows his goodness and his kindness and something has changed, maybe your marriage is fixed. Maybe that you overcome an addiction. Maybe you get out of jail. Maybe you, you know, you, did I already say your marriage is fixed? Yeah. Marriage is fixed. Whatever the situation, maybe you lost your job and God gave you another one. I've seen so many people just, just keep on rolling. All right, thank you, Lord. Don't even, don't even, don't even say that. Okay, good. Now that I'm out of my bad situation, now that I'm no longer at jail cell, now, now that I'm no longer looking at a divorce, now that I've got the money flow coming back in, never, never return to the Lord. Maybe they were quickly consumed by what they had missed. Sometimes things in our life, we look at what we're missing, we look at what we're missing, and then all of a sudden, you know, I know a lot of people who are single, that they feel like they're missing out on life. I just want to, I just pray for me, I want a wife, or I want a husband, and you know, maybe they've, I've, I've dealt with this, where somebody goes through a divorce, and I know that's horrendous in, in people's lives, and they want to try to overcome that and recover, it, and they're looking for somebody, and, 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 and you know, you pray, just want to make sure you get into a good, marriage relationship and so they wait and the lord brings somebody along and they get married and you don't see them too much after that anymore you know like you know i just i just they take their whole focus and they put it on the blessing instead of the blesser you know here's the thing i want you to see about this notice this when this dude turns back to the lord it says um, in, in verse 15, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he returned with a loud voice. He glorified God. He fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And notice what it says. He was a Samaritan. You know, sometimes as, as church folk, we think we've got this all figured out. 
Man, we know what to do, what not to do, especially in the Baptist church. We know how we're supposed to worship and how we're not supposed to worship. We know the lingo to speak. We know how to put on the Christian on Sunday, all right? And we're kind of like, if you're not careful, we're kind of like the Jews. You know, salvation is of the Baptist. We know how to worship the Lord. And then we look at other people, like maybe it's new believers or maybe it's people. These people, this Samaritan, the Lord probably don't even look on them. Look at their past. Look where they come from. You need to come in here and get churched. And you need to be like everybody else to make sure you understand what we already have knowledge of. And Jesus is like, the only one to come back was the Samaritan. Where's the Jews? Where's the Jews? There's a lot of people who have never been churched and they come to know the Lord. And sometimes the church is like, what is wrong with that person? They're all about Jesus. That's what's wrong with them. What's, what's not wrong with the church is sometimes we're so dignified in our worship. You don't see a whole lot of people falling on their face. You don't. I mean, our church, you know, sometimes you do, but we're weirdos. You know, we're the, we're the, we're the ones that other Baptist churches look at and go, they, they're way off the rail. Going to keep going off the rail. And, and, and here's, you know, when you look at the things, you don't see people, you know, here's the thing. When this leper got healed, he didn't go to the priest and go, okay, how do I need to respond to this? Well, you need to make sure that you dress right. Before you go back to Jesus, make sure that you don't get too loud. Don't raise your hand. There's no, absolutely no clapping. And be sure you sit down and don't get overly zealous. Did what his natural response was to do before religion came in and corrupted it. And his natural response was to glorify God in a loud voice, to fall on his face, Jesus' feet, and to worship and to give thanks. And that should be our natural response when the Lord has done what he's done for us in his life. But notice this, when he goes back, Jesus is still standing there. He's still waiting. So what does that tell you? He's like, I'm expecting a return. He desires, he even said that in John chapter 4, God is looking for, he desires for those who worship him in spirit and in truth. Thanks is not just a, hey, some, you know, hey God, I want you to get your attention. Thank you. Oh yeah, no big deal. No, no, God's like, this is a huge deal. It's a huge deal. What Christ has done for us is a huge deal. You know what else? He's like, I want to hear what I'm worthy of. I want to hear worship. I want to hear thanksgiving. I want the world to know through my people who I have redeemed, who I have healed, who I have delivered, who I have radically changed. I want the world to know who I am, and I want to hear from my people. And one person came back. One person. One-tenth. You know here's the thing that's awesome about this I want you to get this morning wasn't that Jesus just wanted to receive the worship he had something greater it's a good principle might be the only principle I'll give you this morning that I want you to remember but God had something greater for the ones who return this was a physical blessing a physical healing the Bible says every good gift, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. Listen to me, you can be here this morning, you can be an agnostic, an atheist, you can hate God, you can rebel against God, and the very breath you curse Him with was a gift from God to you. Everything that you have in life, everything that, that you have that is good, I don't care for whatever physical blessing that you have, God is the one who give it to you. He's the one who enables us to stand up and walk in the morning, to go to our jobs, to get the, the knowledge so that we have a degree, the money to pay for your college, the home that you live in, the comfortable pillow that you lay your head on, the warm bed at night that you sleep in, the good coffee that you drink in the morning with some awesome creamers, amen? 
You know, everything that when you start thinking about it. And so many times we're so unthankful because we don't have what we think we ought to have. I guarantee you this. You let me take away your bed and your pillow and you start being thankful when you get it back. You're standing in a hospital looking out the window begging for your kid's life. You'll start being thankful when you got time, you know, to, to run around with that ankle biter. When your legs is hurting so bad, young people, be thankful now that you got good joints. You don't think about that. Amen. Y'all don't talk about it. You don't think about that. But you wait till you blow a disc out. Or you wait till your knees, you can't bend down. You got a grunt to get back up. Be thankful. Those are things like, Lord, I never, never thought about thanking for good joints. You, you will one day. Amen. But listen to me. Don't wait until you don't have before you acknowledge, God, you're so good. I appreciate the friends you blessed me with. Lord, I appreciate the church that we do have, even though it has its weaknesses. So thankful for our church. Until you go to a church that's dead and nobody cares. I've been in those churches. Don't ever want to go back. And so many times we take for granted the simple things in life. And all the while, the Lord's like, where's everybody at? What if he forgot us like we forget him? And if you didn't have the eyes, like I said, to see what you see every day, the freedom. How many of you thank the Lord for the men and women who have laid down their lives so we can this morning? You know, I don't do this all the time, so I'm not saying I'm super thankful. But just through this study this week, I was riding church this morning. I was like, Lord, thank you that I have the freedom to come together in your name with people that are my family to worship you today. And I want to pray for the ones who is everywhere else in the world. Our brothers and sisters in Christ who are in prison today, who are being tortured today, who have been left hungry and forgotten somewhere in a dark place, who are in fear of somebody coming in and cutting their heads off because they gather in your name. You know, there's a lot of things, especially we as spoiled Americans, we could give God thanks, I think, without stopping every day because it's not just what God has done. God's always doing. He's always doing something in our lives. He's way ahead of us, and so we always have something that we can be thankful for. But listen to me, any physical blessing that God gives you, there's always something greater. Don't miss this because God wants to do something. Every physical blessing in your life is for the purpose to return you to the Lord so that you receive the greater blessing. What I mean by this, this guy comes back and he worships the Lord. He's so thankful that God healed him physically. But notice what it says in verse 17. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Now notice he's talking to a group of people there. He's not talking to the Samaritan. He's asking them, where are the other ones? Wasn't they healed? Only this Samaritan, this foreigner, this person who doesn't even know anything about the Old Testament or the Scripture. He's the only one that's come back to worship. And then notice what he says in verse 19. And he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. I looked up that word in the Greek. Well means you're saved. He, he, the greater blessing was not, he got a physical blessing. He was healed. He was like, yeah, now listen to me. The other nine, they went on their way and they got the physical blessing. He returned to the Lord. Remember what it says in Romans chapter two? It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. You ought to see the goodness of God in your life. If you say, God, he never done nothing for me, you are so blind and stupid. I'll just say, let me be the first one to say that. You are so blind and, and, and deceived by the devil. God has done so much and is doing so much for you. Just the mercy he shows you and to let your arrogant, rebellious self live. 
But think about this. Christ died for you. If you're here this morning, you're lost. You never come to Jesus. You're lost. Jesus loves you as a lost sinner. Whatever you were involved with this week, whether it was drugs or alcohol or, or terrible relationships or taking God's name in vain and cursing God and watching filth and looking at filth and involved in any and every ungodly kind of thing, Jesus loved you right where you are and died on a cross so that he could forgive you if you'll just humble yourself and come to him. Look at the goodness of God in your life. And it's God's people. You know, we ought to look at the goodness of God. God, you're so good. You want to, because here's what thankfulness does. Thankfulness just opens your heart to the Lord. And to let God do what's on the inside that needs changing. It wasn't just healing on the outside. This man needed salvation. He needed healing on the inside as most of us do. Because the physical never really fixes it, does it? When God gives you another job, you know what? It won't be long, you'll probably lose that one. And when God fixes your marriage, it's not going to be too long, you'll be fighting in it again. And when God gives you a raise, you'll probably do, you know, silly choices in your life to where you'll over debt and you'll need more money. It's, there's never nothing physical that fixes anything. But when we let the physical bring us to the Lord, open our heart and thankfulness, we acknowledge Jesus. He's like, I got something greater in life I want to do here. I want to do something great. And so many people miss that. You know, the greater blessing is what God does to your spirit. I want to read something to you real quick out of, out of Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 5. Let me get there. Gives you a principle here of a thankful spirit. It starts off in verse, um, well, we'll look at. Verse 17, therefore do not be unwise, but under, understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but notice what it says, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking, notice how this happens, how, how we fill with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. It tells you what worship does. When we sing, when we worship, when we give thanks to God, it opens us up and God's like, He fills us with the Holy Spirit. It means that our hearts fill with love and with peace and with joy and all the things that God's Spirit, God's presence does in our life. That changes everything for you, changes everything for the relationships you're involved with. Thankfulness is so powerful. I'm almost done. Stay with me, but you remember back in John chapter 6, if you read it this week, you probably did. Amen? <laughs> no. All right, I'll tell you the story. John chapter 6, a multitude of people, all kinds of people were coming to Jesus. He was out in, basically in the woods. He was in the wilderness there. And all this multitude came to him. He saw him and they were hungry, had compassion on him. You know the story. He looks at the disciples. He said, where will we find enough bread to feed these people? Philip said, you know, Lord, even 200 penny worth is not enough to, eat, to, to feed them if we had that. This little kid shows up. He's got, what is it, two fish, five loaves of bread is that what it is yeah five fish or two is two fish y'all stay with me see y'all ready okay we'll go with that anyhow so so the so the so they tell you here you know he's got this and they give it to the lord like but what is this among so many people five thousand people men so there's probably about fifteen thousand people in this group when you count women and children and what did jesus do it said he took it and he gave thanks now get this, don't miss this. He, the Bible don't just say something to you. Oh, that's a nice little story. He gave thanks 
and he gave it to the disciples and they started passing out and it continued to multiply and continued to multiply. He gave thanks before, even while he was insufficient in what he had. He was thankful to go, thank you for what I have. He gave it to them, blessed it. This is what God does. When you give thanks, God always multiplies. Don't start thinking about money, okay? But I'm talking about in your life, the things that you are thankful for, those are the things that God's got. I'm going to multiply. Why? Because you are acknowledging, God, you're the one who gave me this. You're the one who takes care of everything in my life. And you know what? God does because God is just that good. And he grows and he multiplies and he blesses. You know, and here's the thing. The crowd, Jesus left that evening. He went across the sea. Story goes on, he ends up on the other side of the sea. And so the crowd notices he's gone. They get in their boats, they go across, and they came to him. And here's what he told them. You did not seek me because you saw the signs, but you seek me because you ate the bread and you were full. Do not labor for the meat that perishes, but for the meat that endures unto eternal life. And what he was saying was, what I did should have been a sign to you that I am the Messiah. You didn't care about the spiritual aspect of anything. It wasn't that you're coming to me because what I did in your life caused you to see who I am. And so you saw your greater need. And so you came to me because you knew I'm the only one who can meet that greater need. You just wanted more food. God does things in your life as a sign. He blesses you. He gives you jobs. He gives you a spouse. Some of you need all the help you can get. Amen. He gives us a good health report. He sometimes heals us physically. Sometimes it's just a car. Sometimes it's just, you can look at your life. In America, my life is so full of physical things. It's unreal. Physical blessings, okay? And I look at that, I ought to go, man, God is absolutely amazing. And I need the one who blessed. I don't even need this stuff. What I want is him. But so many times what we do is, all right, that was good. What's next? That's good. What's next? And we're like the nine. We don't even look back. We don't even take time to acknowledge what God has done. We don't care about the spiritual. All we want is feed my flesh more. And sometimes we even bring that attitude into worship. We'll come into church and it's like, man, they're taking a long time. You know, it's supposed to start at 10 o'clock. They started at 10.15. That means that I'm going to have to give up another 15 minutes. No, you can leave if you want to. And that's okay, but here's where I'm at. You see what you're concerned about? I want to hurry up and get to the restaurant, watch the football game. Missing it. Missing it. You know what? The music wasn't that great this morning. They were a little off key. The sound system sounded a little bit off. Physical. Are you here this morning to go, I came here to gather with God's people to give thanks to Jesus. I'm here to worship him in spirit and in truth. So what does that look like? All you do is just look at this man here. Notice what he did. This man makes his way through the crowd. You know, the crowd had to have been all looking at him because he's a leper. Five minutes ago, he was in a leper group. They everybody knew because he had done walked up down the streets there all that time hollering, unclean, unclean, and people just like scattering. So all of a sudden you know, he's like most church people, when somebody comes in who's been a leper in life, we're like, part the way. We don't want to identify with him because we might accidentally get what he's had. You understand what I'm saying? And I'm not saying, I know y'all not bad about that, but I've been involved with some church folks who's like, do you know what he did? I do know what he did, but he ain't doing it no more. You know why? Because God saved him. And he's changed. Because I know what you did too. And you know what I did. 
And get, get this, it's not contagious. Jesus was around them all the time. And he was just as holy as holy gets. But so many times we want, so you know, the crowd had to be, what I'm saying is, had to be a very intimidating crowd. Some churches are very intimidating crowds. And he walks in, but here's what's awesome is, I don't even think he looked at the crowd. I think he just, I think he was looking at Jesus like, I can't wait. I can't wait. That's why our worship ought to be like, I don't care. You know, I don't care if the, the music's off key. I don't care, you know, if they start five minutes later, he preaches 45 minutes too long. Amen. I just, here's my whole point. I'm not here to hear, even hear the message. I'm not here just to hear the music. I'm here because I want to, this is my opportunity that God's given me to come into his presence with his people and offer up thanksgiving. Do you got something this week that you can go, God, I just, I want you to see me. He wanted Jesus to see him. Can you get that? How many Baptists would have been offended? I'm not attacking Baptists. I'm a Baptist, but listen to me. I'm a, I'm a believer in Jesus. That's what I am. But how many dignified Baptists would have been upset to see a man walk in their crowd, fall on his face at Jesus' feet, and with a loud voice glorify God? I've been in some churches where they would like kick him out, get him out of here. He's a this or he's a that. No, I think he's a man whose life's been radically changed by the Lord Jesus Christ and the grace that he offered him. Amen. You know, here's the thing. The nine, Jesus missed the nine, but in truth, the nine missed Jesus. What about the rituals? And here's my question for you. You going through the rituals? Maybe some of you here this morning go through the rituals. Yeah, we're going to get up this morning. We're going to go to church. Church ain't a place you go to. We're going to go this morning to meet with God's people, and we're going to worship Jesus. We're going to come together because God's words commanded us. He's given us that 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 privilege to get together with saved, born-again sinners and to give God glory. Of all the things, a group of sinners like in this group whose lives have been radically changed by God's grace, we, we ought to be like, I want to praise the Lord. I want to give Him thanks. I want heaven to hear it. I want the Word. I don't care if anybody else hears it. I want the Lord to see. Do you think the Lord doesn't gauge your worship? You're dead wrong. You'll be judged accordingly. You sit there and thinking about a football game or thinking about the hot dog after church. I am. Oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. You think God's going to be like, man, I'm, I'm so, I'm so glorified by that person. And then those people are like, man, he's getting carried away when you're sitting there and you're like singing with your off key voice to the Lord. You can praise God with a loud voice, shout, raise your hand, bow down before the Lord, fall at your face, give God glory. Don't care what anybody else thinks because it's all scriptural and biblical. And here's the thing. I don't care what anybody thinks and I don't care if anybody thinks I sound off key or none of that stuff. And I don't think we have a group here that's intimidating. Well, I think we're all about worshiping Jesus. So if you're not a part of this group, get a part of it. Because that's what we're about. But listen to me. The question is, will you miss it? Or will Jesus hear your voice this morning going, God, thank you. Thank you so much. just want to give you thanks. That's what church is about. That's what worship is about. And we should do that every day, not just on Sunday. But I encourage you to have a thankful heart. If you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your Savior... Oh my goodness. God is so good. Man, he's so good. No matter where you are, no matter what you've believed in the past, no matter what your past is, how dark it is, maybe you're here and you're a believer and you're way off track and you've gone down a road that you never thought you would go down again. You know what's awesome is the Lord's like, just return to me. 
return to me. Give me glory because I'm the one who saved you. I'm the one who redeemed you and I'm the one who will restore you again. You know, most of the decisions that people make concerning their eternity is made in a two-minute invitation. We stand up, we sing, we go through the ritual, we sit down, we release the kids, we preach the message, we stand up, we sing a two-minute song, and most everybody in the United States of America makes the most important decisions of their life in two minutes. You know, today we're going to stand, we're going to worship. Listen to me, you are free to go. You're free to go when I close, not not now. But after I pray, if you need to go, that's great. We're not going to judge you, whatever. People have things going on. But you're also free to worship and to give thanks. Sometimes worship prepares the heart for the message. Sometimes the message prepares the heart for worship. And it's not about what anybody else thinks of you or nothing. It's your opportunity to meet with the Lord. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you got four songs. you got more than two minutes. If you need to pray, if you want to pray with you know, my wife's not here. If you want to pray with me, Willie and Tony's not here. David will pray with you. Some of these guys, Greg, Melissa, she'll, she'll be glad to pray if you're a female. You don't like praying with me, and that's cool. She likes to pray with women. Just come forward, grab her. I just want to pray with you. I just want you to pray for me. If you want me to pray for you, I'd love to. Not that my prayer is no better than yours. But, but just to, just to give God thanks. This is your opportunity. We stand. Father, I bow before you today, and I thank you so much for this group of people. God, we thank you that you love us, Lord, just like we were. And that you refused to leave us where we were, God. That you intervened in our life, saved our souls, give us life, give us new hope, healed us. God, you, you never leave us or forsake us. You continue with us every day, even when we don't think about you. Even when we take everything for granted that you do, we don't even give you thanks, Lord. You're still there. God, I pray that we'd be a people who would have a thankful heart. That our worship would be an overflow and outpouring